Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored as always by Workforce Dimensions Limited. Now you may wonder what a sponsorship means, is it worth million of, millions of pounds to exchange freebies and stuff? Well, I spent an hour or so with Sam from Workforce Dimensions Limited, who is down in Sussex as part of his role in advisory consulting and education services, and I can tell you that it means he did buy me a pint. Uh, anyway, after spending time with uh, one non-league enthusiast, it says in my contract here that I also have to spend some more time talking to another, albeit via the method of WhatsApp. So on this Tuesday evening, we now cross over to a mansion in Broadstairs where Lord of the Manor Matthew Gerrard has strolled along to the East Wing for some podcastery. How are you, Matt? Not bad, not bad, John. Yeah, not bad at all. So how was the sponsor? Is, is he pleased how the sponsorship is uh, growing for his business? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he says it's uh, the, the, the best thing he's ever done. No, he, he was, uh, yeah, it was in good form, actually. It was nice to... Uh, sort of put a, a, a face to the name and everything, and yeah, it was a, it was very pleasant. We had a nice nice chat talking about bits and pieces, and then he he got on his train back to to Bexhill, and and I got in the car and came back home. So yeah, but it was Canterbury lives, I think, isn't it? It is, yeah. But he's down in uh, in Bexhill for uh, for a bit of uh, of work, so he was staying over, and he said he, he thought it'd be nice to come and see me, and he did say he's going to come over to the press box at Crabble at some point when he's uh, there. Describing cool. Dover as where he goes when there's nothing else really to do. So. Oh, uh, people would say that that's the place to go when uh, a lot of people all day go to Dover is to go to the ferry. So uh, there you go. Yeah, how is the uh, how is how is Broadstairs? Yeah, not too bad. So it's, it's a busy week for me because it's uh, eleven plus. Not for me, but for my eldest daughter. So uh, we're getting ready for that here. So um, we should be glad when it's over. But uh, apart from that. Um, yeah, not much, not much going on. The beach hut's been emptied, which is sad times. So that's now in the garage. All the stuff so we've got to sort it out. But so really, when the beach hut goes, that sort of ends the summer, really. You know, which is not good, really. So, um, but yeah, back, back to more housing, back to work. Yeah, you know, but that's life, isn't it? Have so, you, so um, you, you talk about the eleven plus. Uh, have they done like? Have they given you like sort of test questions to, for, for, for to help? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's, the, the there's papers and stuff online. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the, my question is, do you, would you pass it? No, because I'm no good at the um, is it the, verbal, the, the shapes one where you turn a shape 45 degrees and then miss something out. No, I, well I didn't pass it the first time. So, <laughs> there you go. So I don't think uh, only 30 odd years later when I do it again, or 32 years later when I do it again, I don't think I would. So um, yeah, it's it's hard work on them and. No, it's over, and we're going to go out and celebrate on Thursday. So, um, oh, well, good. I'm sure every single one of the listeners, like me, wishes uh, your eldest daughter all the best for the Kent Test uh, on uh, later this week. Um, uh, also, later this week, John, yep. is that a special day for you as well? Oh, uh, yes, right. Yeah. When it's your you... birthday on September the 11th, which unfortunately uh, it's a sad day in the history of the world, but. Before that sad day, there was a good day when you you were born, and I think you're 38 years of age, which probably makes you mean you probably could qualify for the Euro 2020 squad. But that's about it now. That, that basically, you you announce a new retirement probably next summer from the international football. Isn't it? Well, I suppose the way you look at it is like you know the the players who are the same sort of age as you and and the things they're up to, and uh, uh, I'm the same age, give or take a day, as uh, David Prutton, uh, who is, right. is long retired. Um, and uh, former Liverpool left-back Andrea De Sena uh, and I were both born on exactly the same day. Um, in school years, uh, Robbie Fowler and David Beckham are the same age as me, so um, 
some people so there you go so both ones are well they're both multi-millionaires and uh, we're good at football and and I wasn't so there you go so that that's you always look at people they're the same age David Beckham the same age so, so David Pratton there must be other there must be Premier League players at 38 still playing uh, I don't know actually that's a it's a good question it, it must be uh, there's got to be someone Phil Jagielka perhaps how old's he yeah He's a bad boy, no, he's been in the press with being up to no good. After going back to Sheffield, you know. Oh, they've had a score, Kosovo. They have scored 5 2. Oh, brilliant. Um, nice goal. So, but, do no, you want to go to just 37. He was 37. So, Same yeah. school year as me, as you say. Yeah. Uh, 17th of August 1982. Um, so, I, I, and he's still just about going, well, he's still playing in the Premier League. So, yeah. um, well, what, what, I always say this what time were you born? Uh, 5 19 pm. Oh, I was at half past four, so we're quite similar there. So, so anything, anything planned? What are you hoping for with your birthday? Uh, cricket manager or something? PlayStation? Uh, uh, I had this conversation with someone yesterday um, at, at our other uh, place where we hang out sometimes. And people often ask, what, what do you want and what do you think you're getting? And do you know what? I genuinely do not think about it. And I know it really bothers Hayley, my, my long-suffering other half, when she's like, oh, what, 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 what do you want? And I'm like... I don't know. And it's like, have you ever thought about, you know, what, what you might want? And I'm like, not really. Have you thought about what I've got you? No, I haven't. And I genuinely don't. And she goes, well, after the present, she's like, were you expecting that? And I'm like, I, I genuinely oh. hadn't given it any thought. And my mum will always tell you, I'm, I'm quite funny. When I was a kid, uh, if I was playing up in the build-up to my birthday or to Christmas, the number one threat they could give me was that they would go and get my presents and give them to me. Oh, right. You know, I was one of those kids. It wasn't like, you know, you won't get your presents. It was like, you bloody have them now. <laughs> it's like, oh. I always remember on my birthday, I always seemed to dream the day before my before my birthday, you know, that I'd wake up and it was my, like I'd miss the day. I always had a couple of dreams when I was younger. So, that, so my birthday on the 27th. So I'd go to bed on the 25th and have a dream that night that it was my birthday. I remember that for a few years from that point of view. But of course, you're one of the eldest in the year. So were you one of these bigger boys who just pushed the, the, us summer kids around? Not really. No, I mean, yeah, I am one of the oldest in the year, but it didn't really phase me that much. Peter Crouch is 38 and he's just retired. Uh, oh, well, if you're yeah, so, looking yeah. at uh, players like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, no, I wasn't really. I mean, obviously I was one of the oldest ones, but it never really bothered me that much, I don't think. I mean... You know, I, I knew obviously I was I was the oldest or one of the oldest. So I think I was the oldest in my primary school for a bit. Um, but no, I, I never discriminated against people born later in the school year. No, that was never one of my things. Uh, and so, twenty years since your eighteenth. Yeah. What did you do on your eighteenth? Did you go and get down the pub and get smashed? Which is nineteen um, ninety nine would have been. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, Back in the day when I was 18, I was into something that's not non-league football related and my birthday was a Saturday. So you can probably imagine what I did on that Saturday. Did uh, they win? Uh, yeah, 2-1. Against uh, who? Oxford United. So uh, uh, that was how goes. I spent my, my 18th birthday. Uh, yes. Then my 20th birthday was obviously quite a, quite a big one in the world. Uh, my 21st just didn't really do a do lot. You, well, I know, I know. Do you remember... Um, I suppose that, that, that September the 11th, 2001 is always a sort of day. It's like, I presume, when people knew when Kennedy got shot. You'll always remember where, yeah. you, where you were when you found out. Yeah, so I was at, with my then uh, girlfriend, I was obviously 19, 20, um, at Blue Water Shopping Centre. And um, yeah. I was walking around and uh, 
my mum phoned and just said, oh, have you seen what's happened in New York? And I was like, no, I haven't seen all some planes have flown into some buildings. Um, so kind of left her in a shop and went over to, to Dixon's where loads of people were watching it on the, on the telly. And, but by the time I'd got there, um, all of the, both the towers had collapsed and it was just like, wow, this is a massive day. And my abiding memory of it is always going to be um, my ex-girlfriend, who is obviously an ex for reason, saying to me, you know, if there's a war, you're going to be called up. I was like, that's a cheerful thing to do. And then we were going out for a meal and, and uh, that evening with my with my parents and it was just such a flat atmosphere. And I guess at, at, at the time, to me, because it was my birthday, it didn't feel like it was that big a deal. But obviously, as, as more and more we found out about it, it was just uh, an unbelievable thing. And I always used to say, nothing exciting ever happens on my birthday. Uh, so I kind of blew that one out of the water, didn't I? Yeah, it was crazy. I remember I was at work and come in and you it was before social media wasn't it so you just sort of somebody sort, sort of word soon spreads about these things doesn't it uh oh, i'm thinking of course i've got a penalty now Ooh. make it five three okay. so, like that. Uh, yeah, so you could and it's just then everybody just looked around the telly and just couldn't believe what was happening with the world so yeah a sad day in the history of the world and I mean, well on that thing but happy birthday for john you know we can that's a bit of a dive, I reckon, but he's got away with it. But uh, from, apart from that, yeah, happy birthday for tomorrow. I haven't got you anything, so oh, my present to you is happy birthday. Oh, thanks, mate. I, I feel guilty now because we, we're talking about my birthday. We'd never really talk about yours. Uh, no, no, mine's in the summer, so it doesn't matter. The summer, so yeah. I'm just trying to see if there's anyone famous born on your birthday. I'm struggling. Alan Border and Christopher Dean. Joe Jury, the tennis player? Yeah, Joe Jury, yeah, yeah. Alan Border's one. I've got a cracking footballer. Oh, have you? Yeah. I only know those three. Jose um, Luis Chilever. What, the keeper? Yeah. Wow. What, what, is he 73, I reckon? 65, he was born. 65? Uh, John T. Rhodes. All right. Triple That's... H, the, the American wrestler and actor. Don't know who he is. Well, you should do. Um, yeah. What year were you born? 75. 75. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, the American baseball player. All right. Uh, Alessandro yeah. Pistoni. Uh, so we both share the exact day we were born with uh, terrible left backs. Oh, uh, there you go. So, uh, yeah, interesting. So, no. Solid, mate. Solid, solid. Solid. Yeah, so happy birthday to you, Han. I hope you get the, you enjoy your pants and socks you're going to get. Well, exactly, yeah. Uh, right, anyway, we've talked far too much about that uh, because it's I'm 38, no one really cares. Uh, anyway, it's our 91st episode this week, and 91 are a Kazakhstani pop group who apparently, despite people telling them to sing in English or Russian, steadfastly stick to singing in their own language. That's not going to be good for them in the long term mm, of no. their career prospects. Uh, but I, don't, I, don't think they'll be, I don't think they'll get in the hit parade with that one. So, no, uh, for research purposes, I watched around 40 seconds of their song Barry Billed, uh, and strangely, oh. in the video, there were lots of words in English behind them. So are they principled or not? I don't know. But uh, the music was about what you'd expect from a boy band in Kazakhstan. I also assume that you know, they would have done Eurovision at some point. But when I Googled that, all I found was the results from the 1991 Eurovision Song Contest and some videos of the scoring. And, and yes, you're right. I did watch those videos for much longer than I watched the song by... Kazakhstan was nice, that man, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Borat. That film Borat, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's start the football then in a division where there were no games at all this weekend, the Bet Victor South East League. Uh, we'll discuss how their teams got on in the FA Cup shortly. Spoiler alert, not well. Uh, but before that, last week we spoke about Sam Denley's departure from Hightown. And to be fair, neither of us considered that our next guest could be in the running. But Steve Watts is the new manager of the Cannons. And here he is. Great for the opportunity to, to, to first of all go and talk to I. Um, extremely delighted that they've uh, they've seen me as the right man to, to hopefully move a club forward. 
Boward. And, um, you, you know, obviously, I guess you've already met your players. I guess they're a bit low on confidence after their start to the season, especially in defence. Yeah, I mean, on the defending session start, which, which um, the under-80 uh, manager took. Um, so, I meet them quite before training and, and tried to a few. And, yeah, obviously, it's, you can see confidence. You can see from how they've had, and uh, particularly the result. They've had that um, it's not been a good start, and I think that can that can go one or two ways with players. You either can galvanise a group to turn things um, into a positive and go try harder if you like to get better results, or it can really knock a confidence. So it'll be interesting to see how they react tonight um, in the cup game tonight. And as I say, looking forward to, to looking at a few individuals and, and hopefully um, start to pick up some points and uh, results and performances. And obviously conceding seven twice and five already this season, so I, I guess that's something that you'll be hoping to, to stamp out pretty quickly. Yeah, obviously, okay. when you see the goals that's been conceded, there's obviously something not right. You know, I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming. I don't think you can blame any one person or or section for that in terms of the, the defence alone or how they were. Play. I think just collectively as a whole group, um, it's obviously not been right. And I don't think, I think I'm, I mean, it could not have been right either because if I've been involved in games that where we've won by significant uh, score lines, and sometimes that's because the team is up, and there's no team that I've taken and been part of will give up, and um, that's why I'll be addressing the players, um, particularly this last few weeks when I'm in, if you like, getting my hand on the team. The, First and foremost, you give 100% regardless of scoreline, you're winning games, you play from a first result. Go to Boston and uh, we'll certainly look at the defensive aspect of the team and looking at improving that. Um, Obviously, with your players, or a different way of playing, we'll just do that. We'll take them as well, so well, it's something I'm looking to work with the group on. And obviously you brought in uh, Nathan Eldred and Paul Booth with you as, uh, as well, two people that everyone in Kent kind of knows and, and two good goal-getters. So you, you've got defence and attack on the bench now. Management team is having a, a little bit of everything. Um, obviously being a defender myself, I'm very, I'm very um, conscious of being organised and difficult to break down. I also don't know what unlocks defences because I've had it done to me plenty of times as a player. So, but it's good to have a forward forward thinking minds on the bench like the likes of Els and Boothy and um, obviously Boothy gives you that whole fitness aspect as well that he's so good he's, he's so good on himself so yeah so we've got we've, we've got all bases covered on the bench but like delighted the two of them has decided to come involved and more than anything they're two very very good people I mean you think you'll struggle to find anyone to say have a bad word to say about either one of them so it's good to have good people around the football club and hopefully that rubs off in the players and the, the atmosphere we're going to try and create down there And how much potential do you see in Hive Town? I think a great deal of potential it's one of the reasons why I, I uh, applied for the job but it's always been an ambitious club from looking at it from afar it's always been a club that looks like it, it wants to progress and looks like it, it wants to go into the next level and that was important to myself I've never been part of a team or a club that just happy uh, sitting mid-table and just surviving. I've always wanted to be part of a team that's looking to push, looking to progress. And then, as I said, Hives definitely ticked that box for me and it was good to sit down with the board and, and um, 
chat to them about their vision and their their ambition for the football club. And as I said, it really was it was it was good to hear. And it's been, hopefully, I'm the I'm the right man that can that can move in that direction. And obviously, you've got Franny Collin there, who you've, who you've played with at Maidstone, managed at Margate, so someone that you know very well. Yeah, it's obviously it's, it's well documented. I'm me and Franny are very very good friends off the pitch, and and uh, he's a player. Like I said, one of the players I, I desperately wanted to come into Margate because I think it's important to have these types of players on your team that you can trust and you can lean on, and you know when a going gets tough, they're not gonna they're not gonna hide from you for you. They're, they're gonna they're going to give you everything they've got, and I said, Franny, he, he sets a great example to to players within that squad, and you've got a players now a great example set. Charlie Webster has been at the club for and put many many appearances for the football clubs. A great a great character and a great leader in the way he conducts himself on the pitch. And you've got Alex Brown who's there, obviously recovering from his from his knee injury, still still a, a couple of months away maybe, but. Yes, it shows you the potential within the squad and what you have down there. And it just, it's just for whatever reason, it hasn't worked for Sam. And as I said, hopefully it, it, it works out a little bit better for myself. And I'm able to make necessary changes that need to be made and bring in players that, that um, will make us better. What's, what's the first aim? Just, just get some points on the board and then start moving up the table? Yeah, it's really just fast win. You always look at eyes. You go in a new club and. You always look when that first win under the belt. So, I mean, even tonight, I would love to. I would like to go after that win tonight. And as I said, albeit I'll be looking at things in, in different situations, but um, if like certainly the league's fun, like for me is more important. I, mean, I want to be challenged up that top end of the table. So Saturday is one eye on Saturday if you like, and, and going to Phoenix hopefully with a, with a much more positive group and a positive mind, mindset to to um, go and win that game Saturday. Uh, friend of the show, Matt, friend of the radio show as well, and an all-round nice man, and, and uh, a good appointment for Hyde, I think. Yeah, we didn't really thought... I thought he may go for the Dartford job, but I think Hyde, which is, we said before, was a decently run club, he was desperate to get back in. He did a decent job at Margate, which, you know, they had problems as, as Margate does. I think Hyde are a more... Maybe... Well run club off the field with the with the owners they've got in there. It's a good job to go into. Again, when you think about it, because they've played a lot of cup games in this competition, they've only played four league games. Twenty, there's a lot of league games to go, so it's a real challenge for him to go in. Brought Nathan Elder in, Paul Booth, who respected it around the thing. So I think it's a good appointment for Hyde. They probably pushed the boat out. I would have thought budget wise, but um, it'd be interesting to see what they do there. And I hope it works out for. Um, uh, for Steve because he is one of the one of the nice guys he's desperate to get back in he had so many injuries in his career and I think he settled down here and maybe it's a stepping stone and I think it's a good appointment for Hyde yeah the, I mean the potential is there isn't it of the uh, you know of Hyde Town and we, we've said before they've always been sort of there or thereabouts uh, in in the in the shake up and they're always one of the favourites at the start of the season um, they've obviously had a bit of a, a, a tricky start and Interestingly, he said, you know, he doesn't think they're, they're that sort of harmed by it. But the, the first and foremost, he's, he's got to sort out how many goals they're conceding, is not he? Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, as we know, at this sort of level, you're going to bring players in, you know. So, and Steve Watt knows a lot of players from his Maidstone, his Margate days. And uh, even when he was at Dover, so I would have thought he'll he'll move players on. I don't know if, if there's many contracts in uh, high. He's got Franny Collin in there. I'm sure there'll be plenty of players that will be willing to play for him and Elder. They're characters 
and get out. And I think it'll be interesting to see. And I think uh, the style of football will be quite pleasing for, for Hyde as well. So, yeah, again, I think he's, he's in a good position. You know, you can't believe this. It's the middle of September and I've only played four league games of a 38-league season. They seem to have played too many cup competitions in this thing. So, really, he's got a blank canvas there and there's no reason why he, he can't get him into the playoffs once he gets his, his own side in. So, uh, I know they're playing this evening. I don't know how they're getting on this evening, but... Um, Hopefully it will go from there. Well, I was going to say that uh, on the list, if I wrote down a list of competitions I care about, uh, the Velocity Trophy, uh, especially with its group stage, would be very, very near the bottom. Uh, but at half-time in that game, Steve Watts' first game in charge, it was Hyde Town 2, Whitstable Town 0. Uh, goals for Tom Carlton and Rhys Bartlett. Um, Franny Collian, interestingly, we spoke about there, is on the bench. Um, so Is Kenny Junior playing? Uh, Kinnear, Kinnear, Kinnear. No, he's not. Not on the substitutes bench either. So, uh, be interesting to see how Steve Watt sort of uh, attacks it. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, we, we we put a tweet out saying good luck to him, and and Ken Online put good luck to him as well. He's, he's one of those, as you say, he's he's a sort of bloke who you just want to do well. And it was nice today that I'd arranged to speak to him, and then a bit of a breakdown in communications. You called him as well, and he called us both back. Uh, which, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows the mark of the man because there's some managers who, you know, if we both called and we'd say, "Well, sod that, leave me alone, and stop wasting my time." <laughs> no, yeah, but he's one of the good guys. I think um, he's a football man, isn't he? And a desperate thing. And I really hope it succeeds. I, I thought at the start of the season that Hyde will be up there in the playoffs. And the appointment of Steve Watt, if he can get get things going, get how he wants to work it, I can't see really reason why not. The Hyde can't get in those playoffs. They've had a disappointing part of the season now a new broom goes in feel sorry for Sam Denley who's also a good a good man just didn't work out for him there uh, Steve what's in him and that, that can work to his advantage yeah we shall definitely be keeping a uh, a close eye on how uh, Hyde Town get on over the coming weeks and say tune up at half time in that first game uh, so let's move on to the action on Saturday for teams in that league uh, and in terms of the FA Cup, only Ramsgate, who are currently 3-0 up in their replay uh, at Arundel, made it into the next round. Uh, Ashford United were beaten 3-0 by Farmbrokes. The same score for Sittingbourne at Bognor Regis and Herne Bay at Haringey. Uh, Seven Oaks went one better on us, 4-0 at Corinthian Casuals. VCD went out 2-1 at home to Moneyfields. And Whistle Town were beaten 4-0 by Folkestone and Victor. Obviously, that gives us uh, a Kent team through that game. But frustrating to see all but one of our Victor Meldrew South East sides knocked out now. Yeah, I thought Ashford might cause Farnborough a few problems. But Farnborough, whatever league they're in, the equivalent, they're normally riding quite high. Just Tommy Worrell, I'd be disappointed with that. Great news if Ramsgate with half an hour to play, 3 0 up in their replay. And I think they've got a decent draw in the next round. So I spoke to the um, uh, guy I know, or his wife works for me, and his, his husband was a follower of Ramsgate, and he wasn't going. He was a bit, bit concerned they'd go out on that. But he, she said they, he told her we had, we had a good draw in the next round. So. Uh, they were looking ahead there now for Ramsgate. So, yeah, if they in second round, good chance. They've started slowly as well, but that could be kick-start their season 3-0. Yeah, otherwise, disappointing. Not surprised that Folkestone beat Whitstable. Folkestone are a really good side this season. The same sort of to Horst and Jackson on the score sheet. So, I think Folkestone will be some of the sides, that, particularly in the Conference South in this, will want to avoid them. So, uh, yeah, again... Unfortunately, what will probably happen, John, when we get to the fourth qualifying round, we'll probably have our three National League sides and maybe only one of ours. That's how it works. But uh, fingers crossed that they can go well in the next round and we'll, we'll preview that next week. Yeah, I was, I was, I was disappointed to see uh, how, how it all went on Saturday because, it, I, like you, I kind of had an inkling someone would even, you know, even cause it, not necessarily cause an upset, but cause a scare. And, and for three of our teams to lose 3-0... 
uh, and another to lose 4-0. It's, uh, it, it's not quite what we were expecting. And, you know, I think I was looking at the division uh, itself and the fixtures. I think there's actually only, assuming Ramsgate hold on, only two teams that have actually made it through from that division uh, into the, the next round. And normally you'd, you'd, you'd be thinking a team, a team of that level can go quite a distance. So it's kind of pressure now on, on Ramsgate from a Kent point of view. Yeah, I think it, you know, we normally have, you know, we've seen Hyde get to the first round, we've seen Rams get to the first round over the last 15, 20 years, so they've got the capabilities to doing it, but we know how important the FA Cup is for this competition, and if, secondly, you know, you'll go through the draw in a minute, but, but I think the draw has been pretty kind to our guys as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's not been uh, too bad uh, so far, but uh, yeah, it was uh, Sutton Athletic Rawson replay this evening. Uh, at Flackwell Heath, they were two 0 down. The last I saw at half time, uh, while the last Scaffold Premier side standing, Sheppey United also went out four one at Chertsey Town. Uh, but it was a clean sweep of a different variety for our Victor Meldrew Premier sides, with Margate winning two one at Horsham YMCA and Cray Wanderers two one winners over Bedford Sports on Sunday, as well as the aforementioned folks in Victor. Uh, those three went into the hat for the next round, along with our National League South teams, uh, where Tunbridge Angels drew Eastbourne Borough at home. It's Margate against Concord Rangers. Maidstone United against Chessant. Uh, Cray Wanderers will play Soham Town Rangers. Uh, it's Met Police or Horsham against Dartford. Kings Langley against Folkestone and Welling against Chipstead. And Ramsgate, assuming they hold on, will be away to Hadley, who are in the same league, uh, same level as the Scaffold. I have to even look up where they are, but they're in the sort of Barnet area of, uh, of North London. So it's looking promising for getting someone through the, the next round, about after after Saturday's disappointment. Yeah, I want to go back to Margate there. They, they signed a guy, Reeves, didn't they, who, um, who scored at the weekend. And he scored like 35 goals for Ilkeston last year. And we were trying to get hold of Jason on this point. How he got hold of this guy. This guy's proven his thing. He's played one game, scored one goal. So maybe that could be the missing piece of Margate's jigsaw. Jig, so you know, a light, late winner against Horsham YSA, but a good result for them and the chance for a bit of a range against Concord. So, yeah, they, I think there's definite possibilities of get, sides getting to the third qualifying round. Yeah, I think that guy uh, has left Ilkeston and was coming down to Kent uh, for work or or maybe studying reasons. And, and Margate, obviously, is at the level that suits him. And I think, you know, that is a very, very decent signing uh, for Margate. And, and hopefully he will... Uh, score some goals. I can just tell you that the latest score uh, in the replay of who will, the, for the right to play Dartford is Horsham 2, Met Police 1 uh, in front of 445 at Horsham. They're certainly getting the crowds in. Uh, about 25 the, minutes the, left in that game. The Met Police got to the first round last year, didn't they? So Horsham are doing well with us. That's a bit of a you know, a bit of a bad tie, I think, for um, Harry Kane's just missed a penalty for England as well. 5-3 it is. To, it's all going off. Of, yeah, exactly. And I know, ITV will be pleased with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, again, we'll go and talk about Darford there, but maybe it's not, Horsham may not be a game that the manager wants to go into. That is a, a real, could be a real uh, problem. That Maybe Darford's got the toughest one of the lot on there. But uh, yeah, so far so good. So fingers crossed we can get some into the next round. And it's good to see the FA Cup up and running. I have some goal news as well. Uh, Sutton Athletic got one back very early in the second half. So it is Flackwell Heath 2, Sutton Athletic 1. So hopefully Sutton uh, can get on because the, the reward for them, if they can win this replay tonight it's a home tie against Slough Town which will be a, a fantastic oh, yeah. score for them so that would be uh, very good uh, yes yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting like you say it's good to see the FA Cup anyway this weekend it is back to the league action for our uh, Victor Meldry sides Margate are away to Chessant they're mentioned again uh, Cray Wanderers are at home to Haringey Borough and uh, Leaders Folkestone are at home to Bishop Stortford and then on Tuesday there's more from Jamie Curtin's Stortford uh, as they host Cray Wanderers 
uh, in the southeast of I love Jamie Star. I love Jamie Curiton. And well, he's still banging in the goal and, and his hair. Yeah. Well, if you still call him every week, he bangs on him from 30 yards. He's the same age as me. That could be. That could have been me, mate. It couldn't. 44 year old Jamie Curiton. 44 year old Matthew Gerrard banging him in. That's a, yeah, great player, Jamie Curiton. Yeah. In the in the southeast division, it's Burgess Hill against Seven Oaks, uh, Cray Valley against Chichester, VCD go to East Grinstead. There's a Swale Derby as Faversham host Sittingbourne. As already heard, high travel to Phoenix Sports. Ramsgate host Guernsey at one o'clock. Uh, Herne Bay are away to Whitehawk. Whitstall hosts Haywards Heath and Ashford go to Whiteleaf. There's a full programme on Tuesday night as well with Ashford hosting Sittingbourne, Faversham against VCD, Hyde against Sevenoaks, Phoenix Sports against East Grinstead Town, Ramsgate against Herne Bay and Whitstall against Cray Valley PM. And before we move on from that division, I was looking at a curiosity earlier on. Uh, the fixture programme of Guernsey uh, is, is interesting me. Right. Uh, all their games so far have been away. What's happened to the boys? I've got. Well, they They've got one three. home game before the end of October. Really? Yeah. Are, are, are the flights cheaper? <laughs> it might be. So obviously they're then going to have a time, they've got a time later in the season where they've got four home games in a row, uh, which is be interesting because if they're in a battle for the playoffs, that's I think four, their last their last five games, four of them are at home, and then the last one is away. So if they're in a battle for the playoffs, that's going to play right into their hands, isn't it? So we've got no reason why they're playing away from home? Uh, not that I'm aware up. of. I just looked through the fixtures and um, it's uh, it's just one of those... I don't know if it, it's what it's to do with... Uh, the girls are normally rubbish. They used to be good, didn't they? That that, that bloke who used to score loads of goals. Ross Allen, yeah. Yeah, I think he's back there, isn't he? From, from, from there. So uh, are they doing this season, Guernsey? They won't yeah, very much mid-table. Um, yeah. Was, yeah they expect, I think they expected... When they went in the league, they expected to be Conference South pretty quickly, didn't they? And it didn't really work out for them. So, uh, yeah, well, again, I, I know the, um, the, the the Victor Meldrew clubs enjoy their uh, weekend away when they go to Guernsey. Right, I can now give you the uh, the news. I should have researched this this afternoon. Um, the Green Lions will spend all of August and September on the road as some of our fixtures have been swapped round to accommodate the fact that work on the athletics track at Foots Lane means we cannot play at home until October. Our first home match of the season is against VCD Athletic on Sunday the 6th of October. That is their only home game before the 2nd of November when Whitstable are the second visitors there. there. Interesting stuff that, isn't it? I don't think you'd get away with that at higher levels, would you, as well, no. around the athletics track from that. I suppose they can get away with it because there's nobody else you can sort of say no, I'll, you know, ground share you with there. But, um, mm, if I was them, you know, you think right, they've got a good chance there. Get some points behind the on the on the road. They can really work in their favour. But um, I don't know. I, I think they've got some very nice clubs to accommodate them by swapping fixtures. I bet because some of the clubs, well, I suppose it's, it's maybe it's a better time to go over there in September and August and September rather than the deepest darkest January. So well, exactly. it does mean they've got four home games in a row between the 28th of December and the 18th of January. Then they've got one away game, then three more home games in a row. And then they finish the season, as I just said, in April, four home games in a row, followed by a trip to Hastings. So, <laughs> very interesting. interesting. Anyway, we're not here to sort of wet and Guernsey. Guernsey, no. Have you ever been to Guernsey? No. No, not a good, good story. Tell it again. Um, yeah. well, FA Cup course follower. Guernsey will play Dover Athletic. Well, that'd be interesting, they it? don't enter the FA Cup. Well, you better take that out there, then, yeah. What are they doing? Do they enter, who's the Dover have played somebody? Have they played Guernsey before? Uh, they used to be in it, but they've, they've the last couple of years they've pulled out of it because 
of the travelling and, and bits and pieces. And I think with the, the fact that replays can happen three days afterwards, it's too much of a logistical nightmare for them. I think, remember rightly, they used to have to play, if they were drawn away, they had to play at home. If they were drawn at home, they had to play away or, or something like that. Yeah. So, also, interestingly, and, and again, we're really diverse, but um, there's a Jersey team in the combined counties. Yeah, league, I read about that. And they're absolutely flying. They're, so they're at the same level as Scaffold Division 1. I think they've won all their games or they're... Are certainly very, very hard to beat. Uh, anyway, moving to the, the, our version of the Combined Counties League, the Southern Counties East League, where Jack Evans had an afternoon to remember as he helped fire Chatham to the top of the league. Uh, the former Gillingham man scored a perfect hat-trick in his four goals as they thumped Crover 6-0, the second Kent side, to hand out a hammering just over the Sussex border already this season. Canterbury City a second after a 2-0 win over Corinthian. Level on 12 points with Beckenham, 2-1 winners at Fisher. And Tunbridge Wells, whose 100% record was halted with defeat at Irith and Belvedere. The good news at the Deers as well this week is their chairman, John McFadden, was released from hospital after five months. So get well soon uh, to John. Uh, elsewhere in the scaffold on Saturday, it was Croydon, AFC Croydon 3 Collins and Blair 3, Irith Town 2, Punjab United 1, Glebe under their new boss Gary Alexander 3, Beersted 1, Case Sports lost 3-1 at Greenwich Borough and Wellington beat Dealtown 5-3. Gary Alexander, interesting appointment for Glebe. Yeah, he was Ashford, he um, he was, what was it, VCD, wasn't he? Greenwich Borough. Very experienced, Greenwich Borough, sorry, yeah, decent um, career, wants to get back into it, he was tweeting, he was very excitable about that, so interesting to see where they leave middle of the table side, but maybe Gary Alexander and his contacts can bring it in, I was, you know, mentioned Jack Evans there, Chatham, I think Steve Watt had him at Margate for a bit, didn't he, and he's known him about him there, could that be a, a person they're looking to get into, he's probably, probably far too good for the scaffold, would that be the kind of... Um, signing that Steve Watts would be looking at well I'm not trying to sell him chat fans but uh, maybe something the player that Steve Watt would be interested in yeah absolutely uh, into the first division of the Southern Kansas League it was uh, Greenways 4 Croydon 4 Holmesdale nil, Kennington 1 uh, Lidtown conceded 6 again this time to Stansfeld Ross United beat Russell 3-2 and Snodland overcame SC Thamesby 2 one with a last minute winner from Anthony Fennick and uh, I've left the result between Bride and Ropes and Kent Football United to last uh, it was 4-1 to, to Ropes, and that spelled the end for uh, Kent Football United manager Steve Devereaux and Richmond Kissy. Now, if you like a war of words, this is an absolute belter. <laughs> uh, the pair who were appointed just a few weeks before the season seemingly had a few issues, uh, shall we say. In a statement published on Kentish Football website, uh, Devereaux said, Regardless of having no playing budget, there's certain fundamentals that clubs in the Southern Counties East League uh, need to have, such as warm-up tops, tracksuits, kit, equipment and footballs. Um, to add to this, Richmond and I caught wind that our job was being touted about and offered to other managers. Word goes around in non-league with contacts, etc. I made my mind up to go, obviously, when I found this out. I've got no time at all for dishonesty and dealing with issues like this in the background when we're putting our lives on hold trying to develop their team. Sums it up, really. Uh, the club, however, have also released a statement uh, and th- I saw this one first and this really... Uh, Amusing. They didn't hold back, shall we say. The two months in charge has seen no progression at all, uh, with over 30 players, even some unsigned, just turning up to training, and no settled squad or side being established. Uh, equipment provided being lost and mistreated with the club expected to replace it on a weekly basis was not acceptable. Um, we are a hard-working non-league club, we will not throw our money down the drain. Uh, 
The statement did continue, uh, I edited a bit out. We thank our previous management team for their time with the club and wish them the best. The club felt we were nursing the team alongside almost micromanaging the management, which we don't have to do for our under sevens and under eights. The team has so much potential, it's not being realised in any shape or form. We cannot stress as a club how disappointed we are with the last two months. Uh, at no point were other managers touted for the jobs. The club will not tolerate excuses. The role was theirs and they did not succeed within it. This is where the case ends. Results have not been good enough. And during a season where the bottom two go down, we are not prepared for this to go on any longer. And the final nail in the coffin, if the resignation had not arrived, the defeat of Bride and Ropes would have been their last game in charge regardless. Our club deserves far better for how far we have come in the last few years. Um, safe to say that hasn't ended well, Matt. I love non-league football with things like that, and it's so. Um, uh, and Kentish football um, does do a, a, a good, uh, good thing on these sides. He, he Steve, he Steve McCartney does some good news thing there, and that was an interesting article. There's plenty of daggers going in from either side. There's always two sides of the story there, John. So we'll have to take on board which one you believe on that. But uh, it's always disappointing to see. Um, managers lose their jobs. Well, it is. I mean, Kent Football United in their seven, six games so far this season. Uh, 21 goals conceded, uh, seven scored, four points. Goal difference of minus 14. That is uh, going some at this early stage of the season. Um, we do also have, um, and Brighton Ropes were actually bottom of the table without a point until that game uh, on Saturday as well. Rochester United, incidentally, still top of that uh, of that league, and they do now have level goal difference, having previously had a negative goal difference and been top. Uh, but it's a, a, a tight old league that one, uh, Scaffold Division One, and, and stories like that are just abs- that that's made my day. That put a real smile on my face. Uh, I absolutely like the no progression at all, <laughs> which uh, you know. And again, the micromanagement of uh, we don't have to do that for our seven-year-olds, and that is a kick in the teeth. So, and I know it's probably not fair for Richmond and Steve about that, but uh, only they all know what was going on from there, and hopefully they can they can move on from that point of view. But. Uh, yeah, that shows how much hard work goes into non-league football, doesn't it? With things like that, so um, I think it's probably it best. means a lot to a lot of people. These that you know, Kent Football United, um, you know, may not be the best supported team in the world, but there's a lot of people who have passion about it and who, who love their club. So I admire that. But see, it, uh, some of those honesty on these things, wouldn't you love to see that higher up the football pyramid? It would be brilliant, wouldn't it? That is brilliant. And, Rather uh, than mutual think, consent, wouldn't that? Yeah, just basically ripping yeah. to each other. So. I think it's safe to say that uh, it's probably best for both parties uh, that that arrangement yeah, 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 comes yeah, to yeah. an end uh, in early September. Anyway, it's back to the uh, FA Vars this weekend for the majority of the scaffold, with the fixtures being Siddlesham against Kennington, Hollands and Blair against Deal Town, SC Thamesmead host Billingshurst, Knapp Hill against Tunbridge Wells, Beckenham Town against Farnham Town, uh, Arundel against Wellingtown, Punjab United are at home to Loxwood. There's a scaffold derby between Lawswood and Sheppey United. A Division One derby between Snodland Town and Bryden Ropes. A Rustall take on Godalming Town. It's K Sports against Glebe in another derby. Homesdale against Egham Town on Saturday, and Irith and Belvedere meet Oakwood on Sunday. Uh, anyone take your fancy there, mate? Uh, well, a couple of Ken derbies, and Lawswood are playing against Sheppey. Sheppey, yeah, that's a big one. Um, uh, Hollands and Blair against Deal. Yeah, so again, we say I don't know, I don't know how many games you've got before you get to Wembley on this. Eighty-seven. That's um, <laughs> a good. Get, I thought we ninety-one as it's going yeah, on it show been, number. So, it wasn't but it's a long way to go. Yeah, but it, but um, yeah, again, if you're going to get anywhere in this competition, you need to win these games early doors to see what that happens. There's a long way to go. So, um, and again, I'm sure certain sides are still finding their feet early on early doors on this. But um, yeah, well. 
Are we going to get a Kent side anywhere near Wembley? Uh, I couldn't tell you that. Ask me again in January. Okay, I'll maybe ask you in April and you still might not know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, three games in the Premier Division on Saturday as well. Bearstead against Canterbury City, Corinthian against Irith Town and Fisher against Chatham. Uh, it's Lewisham Borough against Sutton Athletic in the only Division 1 game. On Tuesday, it's Beckenham against Irith and Belvedere, Corinthian against winning Wellington and Punjab United against Glebe, as well as Stansfeld against FC Elmstead in Division 1. I did do my Super 6 this week, last week. I don't know how I got on. Uh, I've complete, I forgot. I'm really annoyed right. at myself that I forgot. Uh, it's in me. I did mine, so I don't know. I'll have a look later. Yeah, I, 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 I really wound myself up that I forgot about that. Uh, just checking the latest score. Uh, brilliant goal line clearance, apparently, from Flatwell Heath defender uh, Phil Pryor, uh, which has kept that game at 2-1 uh, to uh, Flatwell Heath against Sutton Athletic. Uh, Ramsgate, as I say, last time we saw they were cruising through, uh, and it's now 4-0, a hat-trick for Steve Smith in that game. And I think it's safe to say... He, that he can't do anything wrong, Steve Smith, can he? No, he scores runs, he <laughs> uh, takes catches, he's, he's retained the Ashes, and now he's helped... Uh, Ramsgate through to the next round of the FA Cup. Uh, what a day. What was his biggest achievement, though? Probably get that Ramsgate in the next round of the FA Cup, I think. Well, exactly, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's more important than getting 300-odd uh, against <laughs> against uh, that England bowling attack. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's enough of that. Let's go up to the top of the pyramid then, where we'll, uh, we will discuss Bromley first up, who are still unbeaten after Michael Cheek's double... Uh, saw off winless Chesterfield. Uh, Cheek didn't have to take a whack as well for his troubles, but Bromley have been brilliant so far this season. I'm, I'm so impressed with what Neil Smith's doing. I, I, I said they'd be seventh uh, when we did our predictions at the start of the season. I think I may have undersold them. Yeah, I keep thinking that the bubble will burst. I don't know why, but um, I don't know why I should think that because they've got proven quality at this level playing every week. Michael Cheek, if you can see his second goal, it's very, very brave against Chesterfield. He wants it more than the Chesterfield. Win. I know Chesterfield are struggling, but the character they conceded and 50 seconds late, they've got the, 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 the winning goal. He still hasn't, Clifton hasn't scored yet and he's, I thought he was their best signing uh, in the summer. But yeah, what a job they're doing. Um, I think... The more they go unbeaten, the more the belief in the, in the squad is from that point of view. And they get two, over 2,000 there. I think the, the supporters are coming out. Could they go on and win it? There's, there's no reason why. They've got a, nearly a quarter of the season and they're unbeaten and they're playing some good football. They're scoring goals. They're keeping clean sheets. I didn't think they would be doing as well as they could, as I think in my predictions. But we know what Neil Smith can do. He's slowly, surely brought a quality squad together there, probably. And they must, they must be good odds to get into the playoffs, I think, at this rate. And what a fantastic job he's doing. And long may it continue. And they're playing good football, which is great as well. Yeah, got a tough game on, on Saturday uh, away at Eastley. I know Eastley, another side you probably could probably say haven't fired yet. Uh, they yeah. drew 1-1 at Ebb Street on Saturday. We'll discuss that shortly. Um, but well, It's the kind of result. If they go to Eastley, pick up three points. Because Eastley are a solid outfit. Decent at home as well. They've been a bit inconsistent. If you go there, pick up three points. Again, the rest of the league will think... Oof, we've got to be careful here. Probably are, you know, the real deal. Exactly. I mean, we've still got the same sort of similar top three. Woking on 23 points, Halifax and Bromley both on 22. And, you know, they weren't the teams that anyone was expecting to be up there. But, you know, the, the longer it goes on, then, then you know, you do get on that crest of a wave. And, and you know, there's a, there, there is also a part of me that really wants a team with a 3G pitch to get to win this league. Uh, and obviously, I want Bromley to, to do well. I want all of our Kent teams to do well. 
but that's going to be absolutely brilliant, isn't it? It, it, it? To see the furore that's going to cause is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It would be interesting at some point of how they're going to do it. I know that I think it gives you three months to rip it up, but I think the way Bromley use it, the community and they train on it, etc., like that, it'll be too much to, to, for that to do. But yeah, it, again, the, 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 the longer they go through doing well at the top of the table, it will come back on the uh, on the media as well what they're going to do. But fantastic for Bromley. I hope they can keep it up. Can Steve? A good benchmark for them, I think. But again, you look at that division, is it going to be the most... I thought it would be an open National League this season. Maybe it's going to be the most open in years. I think maybe it's a chance for one of the lesser sides to go on and get promoted, which will be a fantastic achievement. Because you look at it, not many sides get promoted out of the National League unless you've got shed loads of money. And so any of the sides at the top, the Wokings, the Halifax, the Bromleys getting promoted is probably one of the greatest achievements in football level, in my opinion, if one of those sides got promoted. Exactly. Um... Away from Bromley, uh, my co-host described Dover's performance on Saturday as pathetic uh, uh, as they lost their 100% away record, beaten 3-1 at Boreham Wood. Uh, Andy Hessenthaler pulled no punches. Uh, understand it was a bit of a video nasty on Monday for the players as well, Matt. Um, it, it sounds from, from what I've heard that it wasn't just, and they're not even going to put it down as one of those days, it was just a, a, an appalling performance. Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. It was easily the worst performance under Hedy Hesseteller. David didn't get going. Defensively, they were all over the show. Uh, midfield, just get getting turned around by the quality that Bourne would have had in the thing. And up top, it just doesn't work, Effie Young and Pavey. So they've got to make a decision of where they go from here. Um, Do you think there's any scope to bring someone in? I, I think they need the old so-called fox in the box. Somebody to... Bournemouth struggling, but they had some quality going in the final third. The, the, the Shamanga was good, but they, all they would do was stretch in Dover's defence. When Dover don't have Modest playing, um, they've got no pace in the team. And, and, and we know at all sorts of levels, you've got a bit of pace, you're stretching defenders, stretching back lines. It can cause problems. I, I think a fox in the box or somebody who can play off the shoulder of somebody, because Effium's not going to hold the ball up. He wants to come in short and go from there. For me, Effion was got to play instead of Pavey. Pavey started the season well, but he's been poor off the pace. I don't know if something's wrong with him or he's a bit upset that he has not been playing, but it just doesn't work. They've got to work it out. They lost Jamie Allen, who I really liked as well. He was the link man in that hole and they haven't really replaced him and it's just not working. And I was really disappointed as Eddie says it. David, it could have been Ted. Lee Wogan made some cracking saves, but... Andy Hessenthaler, he's mixed his teams around. He's got to work out what the best team is for him. And he's got to have some with a bit of pace. Because at the moment, we haven't got much pace in the team. No, Ebbsfleet, as we've already mentioned, drew 1-1 with Eastleigh on Saturday. Uh, still just the one win for Fleet. But they are on, they've only lost one of their last five. Um, so they obviously are turning the corner a little bit. But they've still got work to do. Yeah, I think, again, he's fiddling with the squad again. Interesting, I saw that goalkeeper on a contract. Where does that leave Nathan Ashmore, uh, who's still in the books? And, and his wages, from what I gather, are astronomical. So, he's got nothing left of his, of his contract. He's the highest-paid player, one of the highest-paid players in the division. And he's not even training, um, from what I gather. And the goal that they brought in the Australian was very good. So, interesting to see if they can sort of well, come to some sort of agreement with them. Gary Hill making his mark on the side. Um, and we'll see how he goes from there. But uh, interesting to see what happens. Yeah, this weekend it is um, Eastleigh against Bromley, as already mentioned. Dover at home to Chorley, who got their first win of the season 
on Saturday. And it doesn't get a lot easier for Ebbsfleet as they go to Gary Hill's former club, uh, Woking. Uh, international. win there. I'll tip you now. Ebbsfleet will beat Woking. Right, OK. I bet you... Uh, I'll tell you what, if Ebbsfleet beat Woking, I'll buy you dinner Monday. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Um, and, I'll, I, and I'll tell you what, I'll also give you a load of uh, Sainsbury's uh, Pixar cards. Oh, you bet, yeah, anybody, any, yeah, anybody who's keen on the Marvel cards, the things that Sainsbury's are doing, my kids go mad for them. So if anybody does have some um, and they want to give away or they go shopping at Sainsbury's or, and they've got what, and, they, and if the lady in the checkout says, do you want these? And they say no, say yes, and then somehow get them to me because the kids will be happy. There you go. Uh, finally, um, we'll finish with the National League South where uh, the current league standings are Maidstone 10th, Welling 15th, Summer Angels 19th and Dartford 20th. Uh, that's after a weekend where we collected one point out of a possible 12. Uh, Chippenham 2, Summer Angels 1, Dartford 3, Dorking 4, uh, with Tony Berman back in the dugout as caretaker manager. Maidstone 2, Haven and Waterlooville 2, Danny Kebwell on the score sheet for the Hawks and Weymouth 1, Welling 0. Uh, these teams need to buck up, don't they? Yeah, um... All, all, all the sides I suppose Maystone again a little bit off the pace was a good result against having a Waterlooville scoring in the last minute and you can see May, things like that we mentioned it about Maystone that you know these get the fans on board from that and, and the scenes like that seem to think that maybe that the link between the club and the fans is back for Maystone so that's good for them Tunbridge we know it's going to be difficult for them Dartford need to get a manager on board but do they want to do that before the FA Cup and Hyde went pretty early. I presume Dartford know who they want for the role. It's just working out how they're going to go and do it. Um, Welling hit and miss at the moment. Um, I'm sure they'll get it right with Mark Goldberg once they do. But uh, at the moment, I can't see any of our sides get promoted. Uh, hopefully, Tunbridge can stay in the division. Yeah, tough games this weekend. Concord Rangers against Dartford. Uh, Maidstone go to Dorking. Tunbridge James at home to Hemel Hempstead. And Welling hosts the leaders, Wealdstone. Uh, that is pretty much it for your Kent Nonley podcast this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget, as always, we're on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. It's a good way to get in touch with us uh, is to dro- just drop us a message on there. We're always delighted to hear from supporters, uh, managers, players, anyone, really. Uh, it's quite nice. It stops us from being lonely. So do feel free uh, to give us that. Our radio show Monday night, we were joined by Darren Hare. We spoke a little bit about Dover, but a lot more about coaching, and it was absolutely fascinating. And we talked about futsal as well, which was uh, which was really good. We still haven't got a guest for Monday. I need to tell, talk to you about that, mate, for this Monday. Um, but we are back on the air Monday night, 9 o'clock. Uh, so do give that a listen. And we'd love to have calls from, from fans of non-league teams as well. 0800-756-1111 is the number to call 9 o'clock on Monday night. Uh, that's enough plugging for the radio show. Anyway, uh, Matt will be at uh, Dover against Chorley on Saturday, so I'm sure we'll be hearing all about that next week on the Kent Only podcast but all it really remains to say is for the final time for me as a 37 year old uh, thanks to everyone for listening and we will speak to you all next week happy birthday to you